Dojo, Dynamite 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 Dojo, with Rich and Ashley. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 45 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Wednesday, September 9th. We're doing things a little differently this week. Yeah, with the way that the schedule was and our Twitch that we did on Sunday, and we appreciate everybody who showed up, everybody who came to listen, or those who listened after the show was over. Don't really know how Twitch works, so I can't really confirm who listened and who didn't. But we appreciate everybody who was involved. We appreciate the Queen of N.E., for taking part in it, our first ever live Twitch recap of All Out. So, this one's going to be dedicated to the Fallout Dynamite. Yeah, the show is just wrapping up. It's fresh on our minds, so we are going to go ahead and get started. Tony Khan promised a very intense show. There were some surprises, some debuts. Dana Conti signed full-time with AEW. Yeah, super excited about that. Nyla Rose left her mark. But more important than anything else, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, not on the same page, to say the least. Pun intended. Hangman wants to be a tag team, Kenny doesn't want to be a tag team, Kenny's ready for singles, he, he thought that the tag team division to your ire was his way of finding his niche in AEW. Listen, I... I have come to terms that, you know, we can have Kenny and Hangman forever and just push Nick as the single star. It's fine. Well, what would Matt do? If Nick is fighting for the TNT title, you, you have to do something with Matt. Nick would be fighting for the world title. He doesn't really have the facial hair for that. He doesn't need it. Well, now he's, they're, they're bad guys, okay? The Young Bucks are healed. Yeah, you're way ahead. Let's, let's back it up and get started with the show, please. So, we open up with... Tony Schiavone outside the arena doing a quick little interview with Jericho and MJF. A promo segment was fine. I'll give it a B. It was an odd promo. We know that the two of them have mutual respect, but it clearly ended without any mutual respect. It clearly ended with MJF and Jericho hinting towards something potentially in the future. Could they, that be what we get at full gear? It's possible. They've got good chemistry together. They do. We saw that back, I believe it was November... After MJF turned on Cody, threw in the towel during the full gear match, that him and Jericho went back and forth. So, I mean, this is almost a year coming together, a year full of MJF and Jericho. But the, the obvious intention here was to hint they both respect one another on a level in which they can shake hands, but at the same time feels like they're going to stab each other in the back. So pay-per-view match, potentially Jericho-MJF. I guess it makes sense. Jericho's over Orange Cassidy. Doesn't have anywhere to go. I know that him and Hager want to do tag team stuff, but that doesn't mean that Wardlow and MJF can't have tag team implications or, or potential feuds in the, you know, what else is MJF going to do? No more tag teams. Just because they're in the tag team, Ashley, does not mean they're going to be fighting for the tag team titles. No more tag teams. Okay. They said they were going for the belts. Well, we open with a tag team match. Of tag teams. So, yes, the show starts after that little interview with the Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express. So this one was interesting 
because they, they seem to be wanting to push Jurassic Express, which we'll touch a little bit later. They will be taking on FTR next week. But in, I guess, a part of a recap, part of a preview, whatever it is that we do. So they will be taking on FTR next week. It's a non-title match. But Jurassic Express has been getting a lot of screen time recently. So they open this show up against the Lucha Brothers. Obviously, the Lucha Brothers, you would think, would want to have a win. You'd want to give them a win with Eddie Kingston's team, and they don't. This whole five-man team, obviously, Eddie Kingston comes out. They won't shake hands. We thought that George Kittle was going to come out and attack Ray Phoenix and team up with his brother, Penta. So, that didn't happen. You thought that. I thought maybe. I thought maybe George Kittle would come and save the day. I thought this was an energetic match um, to... Uh, two extremely talented teams in the ring. Jurassic, I can never say this word, Jurassic Express, there That's we go, it. is off to a, a much better start this year, which I, I say all the time. They're having a much better 2020 than they did 2019. So I think it was great that they got the win here, uh, even though it came at a little bit of... It just doesn't make sense what they're doing with the story. They no, just that's united what I... all of these guys under Kingston, That's right? what I was... Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Um, I'm a bit confused with what direction they're going in with Kingston's new faction. You have Penta and Phoenix, who are obviously their brothers. They're not in agreement right now. They won't shake hands, which is a segment that I felt went a little long. This whole thing was probably a B also. And I enjoy Eddie Kingston. I just felt this segment in general was a little long. They get to laying out this handshake as if maybe it wasn't going to happen or Kingston was going to kind of stab him in the back or something was going to occur during this segment and nothing did happen. So because there was no, I, I want to call it a payoff, but because there was no payoff, it kind of felt lackluster. It was a solid match, solid promo. Eddie Kingston, you can never go wrong. But the storytelling I'm intrigued with because they just came together. Usually you're at your strongest when you first unite. Yeah, I have a lot of questions, um, which I'm sure we're going to continue to see unfold as the weeks go on. Eddie Kingston touched on the fact that he was never actually eliminated in the Battle Royale. He so. also disrespected Pac, so I think that that may hint toward potentially, you know, a return of Pac in the future. Maybe a little know. George Kittle. No George Kittle. Well, we have a friend, a friend of our... Fantasy football team. Though little George Kittle, because he is my tight end this year. Well, I mean, I, he's also one of our friend's favorite players, who is also not a Penta fan. So it's very the interesting irony. how this tie-in comes together, but I think he would have popped pretty hard for George Kittle. He was pretty upset when I drafted George Kittle. Yeah, we did have our fantasy draft to get a little sidetracked. I thought that I drafted pretty well. You did not get Lamar Jackson. The first draft was an absolute disaster. The second draft, much, much better. Got my guys. The boys are back. This is not a fantasy it's football It's not really podcast. boys are back. It's just the Cleveland Browns on one team. Cleveland Browns, a little bit of the Chicago Bears. And Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard. He's been my OG since we started this fantasy He doesn't put up a lot venture. of points, doesn't catch many passes, but Jordan Howard and you have had a loving relationship, but Jarvis Landry, four years in a row, now oh. five different teams. And he's... Sticking like glue. My stud on my team. But we'll continue on. This is a wrestling podcast, not a fantasy football podcast. The opening tag action was followed up by a Matt Hardy promo. 
he addressed the audience after the scary fall he suffered at All Out this past weekend. I mean, I thought he handled it well. He came out, of course, he built some drama. He had, his, he had his family there. He wanted to apologize to them on live television because Rebby was upset. She was clearly upset with what happened in AEW. She was upset with Matt. She was upset with the spot. She was upset with how it was handled. Matt came out and basically confirmed that he's going to be just fine, that he is all right. He's a, he, he apologized, essentially, in, in as much as he said, he appreciated everybody's thoughts and prayers and how much they cared about him in AEW, and he appreciates the fans. And he also said that he was sorry about the spot and the scare. You know, I, I appreciated this. Um, of course, I think there was that that drama and suspense building like you touched on, but it was very honest, uh, transparent, sincere. This was a really scary fall that he encountered, and a, a, everyone was, was upset over it. So yeah, I, it was the talk I of the town, you could say. appreciate the fact that AEW took a moment to address it. They didn't shy away from it. They had the man himself come out and talk about it. It was great to see Matt. He looked... It felt real, and, yeah. he, and then he delivered a line at the end, which showed he was not finished, and he was going to be coming for some type of AEW gold. He did not confirm if it was the world title. He did not confirm if it was a TNT title or a tag title, but he said he would be targeting AEW gold. And I'm all for it. This promo was an A. I think Matt Hardy soothed a lot of people, a lot of concerned fans, and myself also. I, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. No, no, no. That's what I was saying. I'm, uh, he looked good. Like, it was nice to see him out he here. He let everybody know he relief. was good, and then he you was know, be, he's be, all right. ready to go, and now he's going to be targeting some gold. And I, I, I have no problem with it. You know, I wore my Matt Hardy shirt during All Out. I'm wearing mine right Maybe now. Maybe it's not <laughs> smart to do that, because every time we happen to be wearing Matt Hardy merch, he gets no, a tonight, chair at his head. Tonight we were, tonight, we were good. Um, but I think this, yeah, like you said, this segment was an A. I think it had all of the elements and it just worked really well. And glad to see that Matt's doing better. This was followed up by Orange Cassidy versus Angelico in singles action. So it's obvious that they want Orange Cassidy to be a big part of this AEW Dynamite going forward. I think he would be better suited rather as a special guest appearance. I don't want to call it a guest. He's been highlighted at week in, week out. He's been wrestling on pay-per-view. But I think it's a special attraction. That's the right word. Mm -hmm. I think using him as a special attraction would be better than what he's doing as a full-time competitor. I'm not saying that he's going to get exposed. He's a great wrestler, great worker. I think the character, there's only so much depth. I mean, again, give him credit. Let's see what he does with it. But there's only so much he can do with that character before people start to get tired of him. Well, because the thing is, you know, y you want to see him try. But you got to build up to that, I really want to see him try. You don't want him going at a million miles an hour each and every week. I feel like that And how many of... times can you see him get to trying before you say, well, it's the same old shtick? That's what I'm saying. The more you put him on dynamite. So it was an interesting matchup with Angelico because they're kind of similar, both kind of wiggly. They have their unique style. Angelico and TH2, you, were, you popped for a little TH2. Hell yeah, I did. You always got to dance to that. You get to see Jack Evans song. on television for the first time in It's months. been a while. They were on Dark a couple of weeks ago. It was nice to see them back. Uh, but but I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think Orange Cassidy is a star, but I think he should be reserved for those like bigger moments. You don't want to over oversaturate? Is that the word? Yeah, I just think you're going to overexpose what his character is. I mean, this is obviously it's my opinion. And if you disagree, fan participation, Ashley, right? 
But I just feel like you're going to overexpose the character because the character doesn't have much more depth than what it is. And I like him as a special attraction a little bit more than a routine character on AEW Dynamite. You have so many stars and so much talent that you're going to be overexposing individuals like Orange Cassidy, who I think has a great character, does a great thing, plays a great role, and is a good wrestler when needed and when put in well, that he's position. Not like a, a, a workhorse character? Is that the right way to look at it? You can say that. Yeah, he's, he's not one of those work-rate guys. I mean, he's not a guy who's bringing his lunch pail every day and delivering you five-star matches. He's not Kenny Omega. He's not Pac. It's not his character. But what he does, he does really, really well, and he's very entertaining, and we all enjoy Orange Cassidy. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't. But I think every day, watching the same shtick, this could get old. I, again, this isn't old now. Maybe it'll never get old. I'm just saying this now, seeing him routinely involved, they're clearly moving him away from the Jericho, but they wanted to make sure to get him on television. It's like the way that I felt with the, the Sonny Kiss and Joy Janela pairing, where I really liked it, but you don't want it to be for nothing, as like this tag team coming together. You don't want to see this end in a bad way, get ruined. Right, and I think that the only way you're going to ruin the Orange Cassidy is to essentially oversaturate it. So we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. We'll see what feud he gets into. Now, they seem to be distancing themselves a little bit from Best Friends with Orange Cassidy. Obviously, he has his own theme song. It's kind of like a slow moving away from the Best Friends environment. Well, yes, but they did come out to his defense at the end because Orange Cassidy was brutally assaulted by Proud and Powerful. Next week, we are going to finally be getting Best Friends versus Proud and Powerful in the parking lot brawl. Parking lot fight. Parking lot fight. Whatever they to want be. to call it. But it's happening. Different companies have different this, names. This was things. supposed to happen at the beginning of COVID. And I think it was smart that they pulled it. We found our way back. And I am so excited. I'm here for it. Chuck Taylor got on the mic tonight. Heavyweight Charles, right? Chucky DNT. Heavyweight Charles. Main event Trent. Main event Trent. You have a bunch of nicknames for best friends. Was it Trent who dropped the first ass bomb tonight? There were a lot of ass bombs. You want to call them ass bombs? There were a lot of ass bombs tonight. A lot of asses. A lot of things were going in people's asses, Ashley. This is, that was the theme of the evening. So much ass. No but, shit. But this match, I mean, the match was fine. I'll give it no shit, I guess. No one cut a shit. He said bullshit. MJF said bullshit. Oh, did he? Yeah, because that woman was smiling. Nina. After he trained her to smile, he was pissed at her smiling and told her to get her bullshit face out of his out of his face, I guess. We're getting there. Chuck Taylor had a mic and, again, missed he his blew, opportunity. Yeah, forget it, forget Are we over this? Yeah. He's um, blown it. If he does it now, no pop. I boo. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, you'd, I would. You challenging pop. me? You finally did it. No, you would. I'd boo. I'd sit here thumbs down. <laughs> Inside, though, you'd be so happy for him. Ugh. So, I suck at transitioning on this podcast. Next up, we saw another glimpse of the heel Bucks as they super kicked Alex Marvez and denied him an interview for the evening. They've been fined $5,000. I mean, they kicked an innocent man, okay? They opened the door and they kicked an innocent man. That's what you get. JR was quite upset. Okada never went to the dark side. I don't know why the Bucks need to. I'm disappointed. We love the dark side. I love the dark side. You don't. But that was just a little small segment of, of the night. Uh, one of the most eventful moments of the show came next 
which was Kip Sabian's announcement for his best man at his wedding. I hope they actually commit to doing the wedding. Wrestling weddings are a disaster. Because they advertise this best man thing. Miro's theme song is best man. Of course, he debuts. I spoil that. So Miro shows yeah, up. Geez. Formerly known as Rusev. Rusev Day. Whoever you want to plug Miro it Day. But Miro shows up. I have no idea who this person is. They do it. They do an angle with the camera where they're coming behind him as he walks down the tunnel, and he's this blonde man, kind of big. I go, I have no fucking clue who this guy is. And then they flipped around because obviously I don't really watch Twitch too much. So again, I'm unfamiliar with what he does. I know he's a a big Twitch guy now. He's a video gamer. He's the best at it. He's the best man. And he's Kip Sabian's best man. He shows up here. I want to see what he does. What type of character are we going to get? Obviously, he had to get that, that monkey off his back, as they call it, as Steve Young would say. Pull the monkey off my back when he finally won his world championship after Joe Montana won four. So Miro got that monkey off his back. He got the weight off his chest, and he spoke about his time in WWE. But I wonder what we're going to do with him. Is he going to be like a Bulgarian brute? Is he going to be more of a lighthearted Rusev day? I wonder what type of character we're going to get. I think the sky's the limit. Um, I think this is a really great addition for the roster, and I'm interested to see where they where they plug and play him. He could be a, a big main event player, I feel like. I mean, like. he has depth as an actor. He can obviously be a, a dominant heel. He could be a very funny face. He's an athletic big man. He moves really well. He has great matches. He's uh, Rusev in WWE was such an underrated star. Oh, for sure. What will Miro be in AEW? Yeah. I hope not underutilized. I hope not. Also, um, he was one of those guys. I think a lot of the wrestling fans, you want to call it, not not the casual fans, the wrestling fans, really hoped that AEW would grab it. Yeah, I, there was a very very positive reception on Twitter, which is always great to see. Um, I don't know about you, but this was not what I was expecting. I don't know who I was expecting. I but... just didn't see the connection. I understood the Twitch thing. I got that, but I just didn't see the connection between Sabian and Miro. Maybe that's what it was. I, I just, you know, people were thinking, hey, well, it's Twitch and it, it's Rusev. I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't I want to correct myself now. I want to get it. I want to fix it. It's Miro. You got, you got to cast out the negative, bring in the new. So I just didn't see where Miro fit with Kip Sabian. I don't know if they interact on Twitch. I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. So maybe I went over my head. I thought, well, why would they do it? I understand the Twitch part. I got that. It Could made sense. Evil, but Uno. Miro and Kip Sabian just didn't seem like they'd go together. It was a great segment, though. I give the thing no, a it was, it was a good it was, debut. It was surprising. It was fun. And welcome, Miro, to AEW. Miro he clearly felt happy to be there. Is all elite. And That's we're what he here says. for it. Hell yeah. So that was definitely a high point. Uh, a little low point followed this, where we had a hangman being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. This put me back in my feels, trying to move on from this Hangman and Kenny and Elite breakup. And here we are, just still living And again, in like it. we said earlier, Kenny and Hangman are on two different pages. Hangman wants to get back, he wants the challenge for the titles that he lost, and Kenny is not interested in that. Kenny is interested in being singles Kenny now. Yeah, so we can couple the two, the two promos together right here, so... That's exactly what happened. Hangman's still clinging on Hangman to this spoke friendship. With, he did. He, he this, spoke this with Tony Schiavone. Partnership. Kenny spoke with JR. Two different people, two different rooms, two different areas. Yeah. Two legendary broadcasters. Yeah. 
but it was an interesting little, I want to call it a, a little quip, a little promo. It was two of these individuals on completely different pages. No pun intended. It's going to clash. Something's going to happen between the two of them. We're waiting for it. We've been salivating over it. I'd buy a pay-per-view to watch it. You've been Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. Ever. I will pay money, which I do anyway. I say that means not too much I coming would pay, from I you. I would pay more money, but please don't charge me more money. But I would pay more money if it. you gave it to me. Charge him more money. Please don't. <laughs> I have paid for every pay-per-view with no kickbacks for myself and my friends. Please. After that, we had the inner circle, uh, the demo god, Le, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, and Jake Hager. That's one person, the demo god, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, <laughs> and Jake Hager, versus Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela in a no-disqualification match. It makes sense why we got here. Obviously, Jericho took on Janela last week. Obviously, it ties together. They want to do tag team. Hager, uh, Janela took that table spot today. Match was fine. Solid B. Did Sonny had eliminated uh, Hager from the Battle Royale. Too. I do have to say, though, to Tony Khan, this was not as big and as surprising as I thought it was going to be. I'm a, you are a fantastic hype man, Tony, but it was kind of a letdown. Show overall was a solid B. I mean, I you know, people had kind of criticized last week. I thought last week was pretty good. Obviously, Miro's debut was, was great. It's good to see him involved. I just felt like this whole show, just I was waiting for something big to happen, and then at the end, I was doing Cody's breaking news. I was waiting for something big to happen, and I did get something big. But it wasn't Paul White. It was the Go Big Show. And I don't want to talk about that at all. I plugged it once. TBS, check it out. I think it happens after Dynamite. I don't want to talk about it. That's it. So you're done. <laughs> I not? shielded it. I advertised it. We're not... You're, you're done? You said I'm disappointed. That's it? Um, I like this match. I, I, th I think, I think Sonny Kiss is so fantastic. Um, each and every time Sonny steps in the ring, I think Sonny she was looks the highlight amazing. of this match. Amazing. Sonny Kiss was the highlight of this match. Absolutely. So of all these working parts and even the promo, Sonny Kiss stood out. The backspin kick in the corner caught me off guard. The split leg kick with Jake Hager in the other corner caught me off guard. I enjoyed what Sonny did. Absolutely. And I want more Sonny and Joey uh, video packages. We haven't had a vignette in a while, and they're so good. So, AEW, give us more. But, like you said, uh, the Demogod and Hager get the win. Inner Circle is back on top, and they are coming for the tag division. No more tag teams. But if this just leads, let's say, to what we talked about before, we'll couple it right into the next segment. I don't know if it's the next segment, but it is a segment, MJF and Wardlow. It was actually the next segment. Uh, quick side note, Les Sex Gods are done, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Which is fine. Sammy's got his own things to do in his singles competitive life. This is so true. So it gives Hager something because, again, some of our friends, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Hager fan. I like what he does the big hurt. Obviously, the match against Moxley was fine. It was hard-hitting, but it, it just was... It was such an odd thing. The arena was completely empty. Well, Jim Ross called it home. It was such an odd thing. Unfortunately, it was, like, very, uh, very beginning of COVID, so we're kind of trying just to don't work hold our that way against through it. Yeah. You just don't hold that against them. But when you, you talk about this new team of Hager and Jericho, I think it gives Hager something to do. It gives Jericho something to do. And if it's going to tie into MJF and Wardlow... It's essentially the older version of the newer version of what it's going to become. Mm. 
and I'm fine with watching it. I think if that's where the direction that we're going, not necessarily the tag team titles. Obviously, you have to you have to shoot for something, right? So you're shooting here, and what's going to happen is, you know, a comet's going to come. Something's going to come out of left field and knock you off course, and I think that's going to be MJF and Wardlow, and that's going to kind of be that feud. I guess you're right, and that that makes a lot of sense. I feel like um, that's just the standard booking. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, we're shooting one way and something comes out of nowhere, and now all of a sudden we got a feud. But MJF was not being very nice to Wardlow. You know, he says that he's paying his paychecks, not Tony Khan, and he's, he's berating him and putting him down and that no one wants him. And that is wrong because the Dark Order wants Wardlow. John Silver loves Wardlow. I, I don't think it's the Dark Order. I think everybody likes Wardlow. We love Wardlow. <laughs> Give big, us more Wardlow. Big, big money Wardlow. Give him a strap. Big money Wardlow. Big money Do you Wardlow. see at the, what was it, not, uh, not All Out, at the end of the Dynamite, uh, before All Out, He's like holding the belt and he looked at it and I was like, yes. And it looked goddamn good on him. Give it to him. <laughs> we want more Wardlow. Facts. And so does the world. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to get on the Wardlow train, get off. Just get off. And don't turn back when Wardlow becomes the star. Because we were on it. Big money Wardlow. We were not on it initially, but we got on it very fast. The moment fast. he came out of the crowd, that was it. Wardlow for life. We were at All Out when they showed that video package, and we were like, I don't know about this. And we were wrong, okay? We're fucking wrong. We are Team Wardlow. But speaking of tag teams, this brings us to the tag team celebration of our new tag team champions, FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood. It was a good segment. As simple as it was, it set up, set up the Jurassic Express feud i guess you'd say it was it was they're getting fine. their title shot uh, I, titles look great looked like they were new belts but dax looked fantastic good suit nice shirt cash also looked fantastic generic suit not generic they look good in their little suits yeah but dax had a nice blue suit on the blue stop sleeping on dax and stop nice. pushing this cash wheeler crap we're dax people no we're dax people in his house you are a Dax person. I just see Arn Anderson and I pop, okay? I see what he's going for, man. We got some Tully tonight, too. We did, but Tully cut a good promo altogether. I thought the, the whole segment was an A. It kind of set up the field. You had SCU. kind of shows that they're heels. They're disrespectful. SCU, CD cheers, cheered with FTR with their little beers. Yeah, before he got disrespected. The whole segment was there to say that, hey, listen, we're the leaders, we're the AEW World Tag Team Champions, we're the best tag team in the world, and everybody else has to respect us. I thought it overall was a good promo, set up a little feud with Jurassic Express. We're obviously going to be doing similar, I'm assuming, what Kenny Omega and Adam Page did, just kind of gearing up toward wherever they're going to defend the titles. I'm sure it'll probably happen at some point in between now and Full Gear. They like to do that, but I'm sure Full Gear will be a big show, maybe even the Young Bucks. Fingers crossed, that's what I'm hoping for. But the tag team action was followed up with women's action. We had Tay Conti making her Dynamite debut against Nyla Rose. I think she is a great addition to the women's roster. I was really hoping that she would be signed after the uh, tag team tournament. Her and Anna Jay uh, were a really great tag team. I mean, you and I bef uh, initially were, were on the Nightmare Sisters train, but... 
TJ had this awesome chemistry and they instantly clicked and I think she's going to add add uh, depths to this roster. When she joins the Dark Order. Well, that's what we're waiting on. That's That's got to come next. <laughs> but but Tay Conti looked emotional. She when she did. came out, she looked happy to be a part of it. She was involved in AEW, I think, like you said. And that's it's great another strong women's wrestler to add to this because right now, as unfortunate as it is, we don't know when we're going to see Riho. We don't no. know when we're going to see Emi Sakura if she's coming back or Yuka Sakazaki. We don't know where any of these individuals are or if they're ever going to return. We know that Sadie Gibbs and B Priestley are no longer part of the company. I know that Riho will be. She's a very strong member of this organization. But unfortunately, right now, they're just not involved. So I'm glad they went out there, and we hope that Chris Statlander can return soon. We hope her recovery goes well. So, But an ACL, that's a six, nine-month injury. But this this was a good match. Uh, Tay didn't get squashed. She really battled it out with Nyla. Um, Nyla ultimately got the win, which keeps her strong and dominant. But I thought this was a good back and forth, and it elevated the two women within the, the women's division. I also think it was big for Nyla to get that. Obviously, she's going to be going up against Sheeta. And Sheeta came point. out to right. take Conti's defense at the end, yes. But I think it's good for Nyla because we haven't seen her in a hot minute, obviously with Vicky. And so after the whole all-out blows over, Thunder Rosa blows over. But Thunder Rosa will be defending the NWA title next week against Ivelisse. Yes, she will. That's exciting. That's very exciting because... A, another company's championship will be defended on AEW. Now, I'm sure that that's probably part of the deal. Though Rosa comes for All Out, you can have her for the pay-per-view as long as she does something for the NWA. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. For sure. And I have no problem with it because I think that the two of them, this is a match I want to see. Yeah, you said before that you want to see more Ivelisse um, and, and Thunder Rosa, so I think that... Um, is going to be a really great match. I'm it could be surprising, to too, if Ivelisse wins the title. That would be crazy, yeah. Could change the entire dynamic of the women that are in AEW. Absolutely. Now you have so, other NWA women's champions that are not just Thunder Rosa. doesn't feel like Thunder Rosa was just brought in with quotations, kind of how you know they were doing with Cody and the other championships. So I'm looking forward to what this match is going to be next week. Next week looks bigger than this week was. It, it does, and so that's a match I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on. Uh, but we've got... Hangman in singles action versus Frankie Kazarian. Which is probably the match that I'm most excited for. Because Kazarian has looked fantastic. Yeah. Ever since he's in gone kind of matches, singles, he's, he's, he wrestled yeah. Moxley one-on-one. We saw him in SCU in the eight-man tag last week. was was great. I, I just, I'm excited to see Kazarian versus Hangman Page. We obviously saw it a few times, if not, I know once, guaranteed, but I thought a few times during the tag team feud. No, it's been a minute since we've seen the two of them in singles action, so that is one that I'm looking forward to as well. And then as you touched on, we got Jurassic Express versus FTR. Big show lining up for next week. It was bigger than this one on paper. On paper. Tony, you hyped this up for me, man. Stop it. T- Tony's a great hype man, but you hyped this up for me, man. Next week's bigger. And it w- let it go. It was a good show tonight. This brings us now to the main event of the evening, which was Dustin versus Mr. Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. I thought it was heartwarming that Mr. Brody Lee was accompanied by only John Silver at ringside. Not that Dustin came out with QT and Brandy and got a hug and a wish goodwill and everything. Well, that that was wasn't heartwarming. That was heartwarming, John too. John Silver getting booted <laughs> halfway through this match <laughs> while smiling, guy. holding the, the title, gets <laughs> he, booted. He just 
tries so hard to impress Mr. Brody Lee. I like the story of this match. This I was thought, good. I thought that him and Brody had a good match. I'm going to give a solid B+. I like the fact that they almost immediately went outside the ring. They were fighting oh, in the backside. Oh, it took a minute for the match to actually start. I, I thought it was emotionally charged. I like this. I like this strategy. Let's just go all at it. Let's just basically attack. I mean, listen, I'm getting revenge retribution. No plug intended again. We've done this multiple times. This is not raw. But no retribute. We're getting retribution for Cody. And then we're told that Cody's going to be cutting a promo after this is over, so we think it's going to be something tied into this, and it is not. But again, I digress. Dustin and Mr. Brody Lee looked great. Uh, this was a very physical match, like you said, emotionally charged. Two big men knocking each other's heads off. Hey, what more can you ask for in the main event? No, you can't. I, I thought that Dustin stood up well. It, it made me feel as watching it like, hey, I, of course you know me. I would not mind if Dustin was TNT champion. Yeah. It did feel like it's not going to happen. But I kind of said last week that, or during the Twitch, that I don't know if Dustin should even be putting on a match with Brody Lee. I realized that emotions are going to be stronger than what had happened. And Cody had faced Scorpio Sky the week before. He came out against Brody Lee, who was fresh. He was charged. Cody had just gone through all of those individuals for the TNT title. So with Dustin coming in, it's fine. It's fine that Dustin had him on the ropes. It's fine that Dustin gave him all his effort. And after it was all over, they carried QT back. They kicked Dustin right in the groin. The Shattered Dreams. An homage to Goldust. Match was good. Yeah. Brody Lee's this is still the TNT champion. Obviously, Cody's going to return. There was a potential here for a five-on-five, five, some type of returning thing. I thought that's what Cody was going to be hyping up. Well, you know what? There's still time for that. Because I, I don't think this is over. Not but, by any means. So We know that he's filming. It's not news that he's filming that show with Stephen Amell. Of course, he's been doing the Go Big Show or whatever the hell that thing is. That's obviously, he's a judge for that. He's got a bunch of people there, Rosario Dawson. So tune in again, TBS, I'm done shilling. But if he's going to be out for a period of time, whether or not it's a month, whether or not it's two months, I guess coming back for full gear, having a five-on-five -five conflict of some sort, I can't really go wrong. Cinematic match, maybe? Maybe. Would make sense. Maybe they don't want to defend the TNT title on pay-per-views. But we didn't see Matt Cardona involved in this. We did not, no. So we that, didn't have Scorpio Sky, did we? We did not have Scorpio Sky either. So two things that I thought were a little interesting. Maybe Matt Cardona could have come out to kind of help Dustin here at the end when they were, you know, getting attacked and whatnot. But Dark Order again ends the show dominant. TNT champion Brody Lee. And we go into next week. Yes. And I am excited. Now we wait until next Wednesday. And before we conclude here today, with our recap, I hope everybody enjoyed it. They stuck through it. We were... We watched the show. We actually did it immediately following the conclusion of the show. Yes. I am sleepy. <laughs> as we <laughs> attempt a to long day. potentially rearrange our order. We want to touch upon the G1's blocks. Yes. So, some exciting New Japan news. They announced the G1 30 Climax blocks today. G1 Climax 30? See, that's that's what I was... That's why I kind of just sent G1 blocks. <laughs> um, A block yeah. again is stacked, as usual. A block, we've got Kota Ibushi, Jeff Cobb, Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Yujiro Takahashi, and Switchblade Jay White. 
stacked. B block, we've got Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto, Toriyano, Yoshihashi, Tatsuya Naito, Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, and Evil. You know that old saying that one is not like the other? <laughs> A block is definitely where it's at. But what's really exciting about this is the returning, the returns of some of the American New Japan talent. Yeah, Metal Michael, we, we were able to join him to talk about the New Japan Summer Struggle, so we appreciate that. If you can check that out, if you do want to hear our recap about that, Metal Michael did a podcast Call Up Wrestling. We, we talked about New Japan Summer Struggle, so if you'd like to listen to that. But in this regard, one big note. They're obviously coming back. That's what I was plugging. I don't even know if I said it. But one big note is it's getting laid. John Moxley is not part of that. John Moxley is not part of the G1. So it looks like John Moxley versus Kenta might have to wait a little bit longer. Is Kenta involved in this? No. Yes. Oh, yes. He is. He is in the B block. Um, Kenta and Evil are the Bullet Club representatives for the B I block. Thought I, I guess I missed his name. Was he the last one on the list? He was right before Evil. Um... But we have individuals from New Japan of America coming back. So everybody kind of feels whole again. But I wonder what they're going to do with what's going on with the New Japan of America. What if they're going to continue to like film that? You know, if they're going to continue to record episodes, continue to air them on New Japan World. I wonder what they're going to do. You know, I, I hope so. Uh, because I'm all for more New Japan content. But what i am most interested in seeing is what happens with the bullet club because we've got jay white and uh yujiro of course in different blocks than kenta and evil and we had touched on this with metal michael you know are, are we going to get an evil versus jay white finals uh fighting over bullet club supremacy bullet club maybe leadership. that's where we'll get early maybe predictions. that's what we're going to so. i've got jay white winning the g1 it's very possible you can have Kota Ibushi going all the way again, or Tanahashi, one more run, give the ace the strap. Is that your prediction? Or is it just Okada or bust? Okada or bust, yeah. yeah. But with that, thank you guys for listening. It's obviously a different type of recap. Let us know if you like it coming immediately following Dynamite. You can check us out at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com, and Dojo and Dynamite on Twitch. We are expanding. We are growing the brand, and maybe we'll make keychains, sell some merchandise. You guys let us know. Yeah, but with that, thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, and wearing your masks. And we'll be back later next week with another Dynamite Recap. Thanks, guys.